for every mid-market business owner, one of the most important things is to find out where on earth do I get the money I need to grow my business? Often hard to get loans from banks, often hard to put your own capital into a business because you've already started up and grown and you're now a mid-market sized business. You need more money to grow. Growth costs a lot of money. Hi, I'm Craig West, and in this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're going to find out a little bit about how we can raise some money in a little bit of an unusual way. We're not going to talk about bank funding or loans or debt or credit card. We're actually going to talk about government grants and support programs for mid-market businesses. And I'm joined today by Ivan Kay, who's the founder of BSI back in 2001, who works closely with mid-market businesses in raising grant funds and helping them get themselves and their business ready. Ivan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Craig. So I want to drill down a little bit on the government grant area because I think it's an area that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of business owners, a lot of misconceptions about what's available and how you get it and what you need to do. So maybe we can just focus on that for a second. Tell me a little bit about what might be available, firstly, for mid-market businesses, medium-sized business, and then we can talk a bit more about the process of what they need to do to actually get ready. Okay. Well, for mid-sized companies between five to, let's say, five to 50 million or five to 100 million, there's a number of grants available. The standout grant where uh, the government has been giving billions away is the R&D tax concession where there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of noise and a press about it where the tax office is cracking down on what is research and development. And uh, basically what the research and development tax concession is, is when uh, you do research and development, the government will give you an incentive to promote that R&D. So what sort of research and development are you talking about? It's, what are some of the things businesses well, do? It's anything from new types of building, creating medicine, creating software. A lot of our business is in the software type business, which has really been targeted by the tax office. And uh, there's actually a case that's come out called the Morton case that uh, has come onto the side of companies with software. And... Um, because of a number of cases that has um, made corporates, major cor- major companies in the software business, give their money back, innovative companies have been running scared from this R&D tax concession. And um, the reality is, is that if you have an experiment or if you have a project or if you have a new piece of software or a new project that you have that you believe in is R&D, as long as you have contemporaneous records, as in timesheets, as in a project of what you do, as in a plan of what your R&D is, the chances are that you will be able to claim a research and development tax concession. Where the money comes in is if you have tax losses, you can cash in those tax losses. And that's pretty cool. Okay, that sounds good. Tell us a little bit more about the mechanism. So the first thing is we've got to be doing research and development. We've got to be coming up with new technology, new idea, new product, new medicine you mentioned. What does that mean? That means that if you have a project that's going to generate new knowledge that comes from a hypothesis and various experiments, that project could potentially be research and development. Now, the reality of it is as a software developer, uh, we have a product called Referon. Yep. Okay. Uh, 
as a developer, I'm focused on referral. I'm not focused on getting a research and development tax concession. Sure. So the key thing to do, in my view, is find someone who knows that legislation backwards. Right. Find that person. So don't try and do it yourself. Find an expert. not. Find yep. an expert and uh, get them to focus on what you do. Now, the interesting thing is in the whole of BSI, that's what the key of BSI is. What we found is that the entrepreneur, business owner or leader or mid-sized company, they great at what they do. They yep. focus on what they do. And as the business grows and changes and evolves, there's stuff that happens around them. There's people, there's teams, there's money, there's education, there's uh, looking after rent and uh, worrying about cash flow. What we do is if we can help that company focus on what they do well, that business will grow. And if you can find as a business, as a mid-sized business, if you can find the assistants and the mentors and the consultants and the, the people around who are excellent at the various things that can help you grow, use those people okay. and use them wisely. So I've got a mid-market business. I've invented a new piece of software. I'm working on a new piece of software. You mentioned before it's got to have a hypothesis. I've got to try some experiments. So I might develop something, get it wrong, go back, do it again, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then I'm likely to be eligible for this program. Yes. So what then? What do I do? Let's assume I qualify. What do I need to do? It's not a program that you get money in advance. Yep. You have to actually have expended the Right. So I've spent money, money to spent pay the, the developers money. and you then test the product. Have to register. Yep. As an R and D project, you're going to claim an R and D claim. Yep. You then fill out the relevant forms, show the project on what your R and D project is. You lodge the claim, and it's a self assessment. So right. no matter what you put in, they will allow that claim. What will happen though, however, is you will get but. you will yep. get you will get audited. Yep. If they feel that you haven't completed the R&D in accordance with the legislation, they will ask you for your money back. Right. And they can potentially give you penalties. Which is why you said before the record keeping is really important. Record keeping and documentation is key. In terms of the grant or the funding itself, how does that work in terms of percentages, dollars, etc.? If you've got tax losses, yep. and let's say you spend a million dollars on developing R&D, this thing, yep. Okay, generally your tax that would be a normal expense. At let's say the tax rate is thirty percent, I think it's yep. a bit less now. You'd get a tax deduction of three hundred grand. You'd get an extra thirteen percent. Right. So, so I get if you spend a million, you get another hundred and thirty grand. Yep. And if you've got tax losses, that four hundred and thirty thousand dollars, you can get back as cash. Which is why these grants are so attractive. Wow. So I'm a startup business. I'm building this new piece of software that I know is going to be successful. But I've spent a million bucks. The government will Assuming basically I've match got the right dollar records dollar. and I do the right thing and lodge it properly, I can get four hundred and thirty grand cash back. Correct. If I'm in a loss and situation. And here's the interesting thing is. Whichever grant it might be, whether it's R&D, EMDG, or Commercialization Australia, every grant has the theme of saying, if you spend money, the government will say, I'll back you, I'll, right. I'll back you 50-50. Yep. And that leads on to the Export Market Development Grant Scheme. Yep. So we, we're sitting on an island in Australia, and we have to compete with, uh, 
let's assume we're in America, we 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 want to export our product to America. We need to compete with like-minded businesses Everyone in else America. Is doing that, yeah. But we're sitting in Australia. Yep. So the government said, "Is listen, we're far away. We're going to support exporters." And what the government has done for the last twenty-five years and or even longer. It's the most successful scheme that Australia's ever had. It's called the Export Market Development Grant Scheme. So if you spend $100,000 on marketing your product and service overseas, the government takes the first 10 grand away and then will give you 50 cents in the dollar back. Right. Up to $150,000 a year. So if you spend $310,000, they'll take 10,000 away and they'll say here's a grant of 150 grand. Right. And that's over a period of eight years. So effectively, you can get that 150 grand over an eight-year period. And that's specifically to f- help fund, I guess. Correct. Partially fund export development. Correct. The grant's called Export Market yep. Development. And then, and so I decide I want to go overseas. It helps me fund so, that equation. So what are the yep. expenses that are eligible? Air, uh, there are airfares. There are trade shows. There's um, web software. There's Google AdWords. There's um, bringing Australian buyers to Australia. Yep. Okay. There's consultants. Yep. If I employ you in America for, for a year and I say, Craig, will you look after refer on uh, in America and market and promote my product, which is a good idea, by the way, yep. uh, and I pay you, let's say, a couple of hundred grand, yep. that will be eligible expenditure. Right. So it's quite a few areas. But. Yep. There's always a but. There's always there? a but. Yep. There's always a but. Yeah. That $150,000 that you're eligible for goes into a pool. Right. And the government has said, although there's a 12 to 1, uh, for every dollar that's spent, the government gets, Australia gets $12 back. Yeah, great even return. More. It's a great return. Yeah. But the government has said the maximum we'll give back as grants, EMDG, is $150 million. Right. So if, for example, there's $300 million available, uh, $300 million as a group applied, applied, people have applied yep. what will happen is you'll get your first $40,000 and then the balance will be apportioned. Right. So yeah. instead so of getting it's scaled, back. It's scaled back, so instead of, getting 40 grand, instead of getting 150 grand, you might only get 70 or 80 yep. grand, which yep. is okay. It's still, it's still it's money. It's still a substantial still contribution. Yeah. It's still but money. It, that one's specifically targeted at developing export markets. That's for export and markets. And is it restricted to any particular industry or business no. focus? You can no, export whatever you want. It's anything. So I decide it, I want to export succession planning services, into the States. Absolutely. It's right. a service. It's you've, you've created your... You've created your IP. Yep. You're now marketing and promoting that service overseas. Yep. That would be eligible. Okay. In, that, in fact, there's also tourism. Tourism is a big thing. So yep. If, for example, you have a hotel or you have a product where you're yep. helping overseas yep. companies do. look at Australia. Whale watching tours whale watching, off the coast, yep, whatever. Or marketing uh, expenditure that you expend in marketing and promoting that service. Overseas. You'd be getting back 50 cents right. in the dollar. Okay. If That's quite claim. substantial for some businesses that are... It is, but not, not so much for mid... I think there's a cap of $50 million. Right. So for companies greater than $50 million, again, it's it, it might not be even worthwhile claiming. Yeah. So Well, the um, government's probably viewing them as large enough to fund it themselves. Exactly, exactly. But if I'm turning over $5 million happy and I days. want to start to export, great, happy it's days. A great way. It. It's a great way to fund your business. Yeah, okay. And that's been around for quite a few that's years. That's been for many, many years. The other real little hidden gem is something called smart and skilled yep. and vocational services loans, uh, voc- voc- VSL, yep. okay, where it helps the workforce, vocational education, the vet sector, it helps employees and it helps people who are looking to upskill themselves, it helps them fund them into learning and education. Right. So every Australian has the ability to, le- to borrow 
up to $100,000 to educate themselves right. through HECS or VSL, vocational loans. Yep. So if you want to do a diploma of business or a diploma of project management or a diploma of learning, and let's say that course will take eight to 12 months and it'll cost you five grand. Yep. You don't have to pay one cent up front. So it's similar to HEX for you. It is HEX. It effectively is HEX. And that's available. And that's brilliant because the interesting thing is millennials now, here's here's a little fact, the average millennial will actually have 17 different jobs over the course of his or her life. In 2030, the jobs that we have now, what are they going to be in 10 yep. years time? How would you know? Yeah. Okay. The key thing is, is when a millennial will come to work for you as a mid-sized company, the key thing that you need to offer them because you need to retain them. I'll tell you a story uh, that happened the other day. One of, one of my friends went to uh, the late Richard Pratt's house where there was a networking event. His daughter um, was talking about the five things that a business needed to do to grow and to survive. Number one, more money needs to come in than go out. Number two is you have to look after your customers. Number three, you've got to look after your team. Number four, you need to have a lead generation uh, methodology and an ability to convert those leads. Yep. So when it comes to looking after your team, if you have a program which will continually upskill them and educate them and enthuse them and engage them and inspire them, the chances are that they'll stay. Sure. And they're your biggest assets. And if you can uh, have a program of education that can potentially be funded or co-funded, that's a very powerful thing to do. So as an employer, I identify some of my team that I would like to go through a particular program or education to upskill them in an area of business relative to what I'm doing. Yes. It's co-funded through this VSL, this loan. Well, the loan is actually paid for by the student. Right. So I'm not borrowing the money as As an employer. The employee educates. But what the employer can say, which we've done, is you take out the loan and at the end, when you complete that degree or that diploma, I will fund you the full amount as a bonus. Yep. As long as you complete it. Well, whatever whatever the company wants to do. Yep. So effectively, the corporation has the ability to create an education and an upskilling program without it affecting their cash flow. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously yeah. quite important. And, and in respect of smart and skilled, there's actually government grants that uh, in certain areas of Australia that the government will actually fund various corporates in upskilling their teams in Diploma of Leadership, in Diploma of Business, in Diploma of Project Management. Right, okay. So we've talked about EMDG, we've talked about R&D tax concessions, now we've talked about the Vocational Services Loan and Smart and Skilled. What else should we be thinking about well, if we're a mid-market business looking There's, a, there's for another grant that's available called Commercialisation Australia, where if you have a project that will help Australia benefit in some way, mm-hmm. the government will give you up to a million dollars. It's a very labor-intensive grant to get. And uh, my suggestion is if you do believe you have a project and you can't fund it yourself and you can show that you can't fund it yourself, then you apply to Commercialization Australia to get that grant and um, you might not get it. So you might take a lot of time going through that process and not get it. 
Right. So these are highly so selective. It's highly selective. Yeah. Yeah. And as a mid-sized company, my suggestion would be to focus on the R&D tax concession, the export grants and upskilling your team and actually focus on building your business. Okay. Um, before we wrap up, number one tip for if I'm a mid-market business and I'm heading down this path okay. thinking about, let's look at what government grants or funding might be available. Number one so tip. number one thing. Buy low, sell high and be good to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no the, the, first, the first thing that I would say with, in all seriousness is um, understand your project. Understand what you're after. Yep. Don't go for the grant. Go for the project that's going to make you money yep. and then see if there's a grant available. Yep. Yep. That's, step, that's tip number one. Number, yep. Tip number two is make sure that you have a team of people around you that know their stuff. Have a consultant or consultants that will be able to help you grow. Through the Because process. what we yep. found is that as a business grows, there's just that all that stuff that happens around you. Yep. And if you focus on the stuff as opposed to what you do well, you're going to be all over the place. If you just focus on what you do well, your business is going to thrive and survive. Lots of great tips there. Thanks for coming in, Ivan. Thank you, Craig. That's great. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au. 